everyone and welcome back to That's Lame, the equestrian podcast for horse girls from horse girls. Welcome back everyone. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. I don't know about you, Evers, but I'm feeling very flat. Yeah, well, I was just about to say, actually, that it feels like we haven't recorded just us two for ages, but actually it's only been two weeks, isn't it? Yeah, but two weeks is a long time, man. And a lot has happened. Yeah, I think that's just what it's like with horses. And also I feel like with the weather change as well, like we're doing more physically. Yeah, but October is giving like fantastic weather. Oh, it is giving. It is giving. It is giving. Okay, so on Monday we went to the Machara pop-up shop in London, which we spoke about in our last episode, which featured Tara, who's the founder of Machara. And we had such a fun day. Oh, it was so much fun. I mean, we headed down there in the afternoon, didn't we? Because it was running all day, but we decided to go for like an evening <laughs> Suave. Yeah. Is that what it's called? <laughs> Soiree. <laughs> Suave. <laughs> Suave. Oh, you know what I meant. <laughs> yeah, and it was just really fun. I mean, it was lovely to see all of their pieces, which are just like stunning. And also Tara was just an absolute babe and like put a poster of our front cover of the podcast in the shop window, which was really lovely of her, but also really quite funny as well. Because yeah. <laughs> it was like... Why is our face on a shop yeah. window in Oxford Street? I was like, oh my God, look at Simba and Sirocco. I and know. the amount of people that were walking past that like definitely would never see like pictures of horses. Well, that's what we, we were sort of like, so funny. I wonder how many city London people just walked past and thought, why is there like two horses? Yeah, <laughs> just like smiling there. Who was that? Oh, it's so funny. And also it was a poster that I made in eight minutes flat <laughs> in my lunch break. <laughs> in like, like between <laughs> Yeah, like between riding horses. Like so, I mean, that's just what we're like. But no, it, it was really cool. And it was nice to go to London as well I think the last time I'd been in London was a couple months ago but sometimes it's good to go into a city like don't get me wrong I don't want to like live in a city but just to pop in and actually like I don't know see a bus or like <laughs> see like see people people that yeah. are, like work yeah. <laughs> in the city I don't know do you know what I mean it's just like different yeah yeah it's like being in a movie but like you're actually there we're so insular in that we just oh, God, it's a it's tiny terrible. little village and it's like the four of us so it's really quite jarring to go somewhere where there's literally hundreds of people I mean we were walking around and I was like it's seven o'clock at night why are there so many people I here know. I was like it's it's dark so we just stop yeah as soon as it gets dark we just stop in the countryside and in the city it never sleeps you know but yeah it was lovely to go to the pop-up shop we were pretending to be influencers for the day we got a little goodie bags with our names Loved on it. and there were some other girls there as well that were really nice and yeah it was just really good and if you're looking for leggings base layers anything definitely take a look on their website because they've got some really stunning clothes there yeah I would also add what we were talking about with Tara in the last episode about the sustainability side of it and the recycled fabrics that they use the clothing feels absolutely amazing sensational it's sensational (laughs) I said to you didn't I I was like it it sort of gives Grace Beverly Tala quality yeah yeah but But, but for equestrians yeah I mean it's just yeah sublime yeah sublime (laughs) it's very suave (laughs) suave and sublime (laughs) okay but anyway that's what we've been up to and now back to regular programming Evie what's been lame and sound in your week so I'll start with my sound which sort of was like the beginning of October I want to say I did my first ever music class 
Woo woo. So me and Terry did <laughs> an advanced medium freestyle. We went to Addington and we went to Bury Farm. And I have to say it was a bit of a stress to start with in like actually finding music and creating a floor plan. So I was really lucky. I just borrowed some music of your guys, but it was yeah. actually sort of intended for a PSG, but we sort of had to... It's lovely music though. It's, oh, it's, it's music lovely. that I used when I was doing Young Riders and then into one. All the judges seem to love it, like national judges, international judges. Just really fun music. Yeah. Yeah, it's lovely music so we sort of just had to wriggle it around a bit for an advanced medium and we just made it work and terry was just like mega super well behaved so yeah we got what was it i think 72 percent in the first one no you got 74 and 78 so did i 74 yeah wow. and 78 yeah seven, i remember the 78 because <laughs> i saw it come up on the score and i thought they've got that wrong it's a six like it's 68 because yeah. <laughs> we had some like huge mistakes as well like we got a three for one of our tro- half passes because we were in the big indoor at Bury Farm and I, I've never ridden Terry in an indoor before of that size either so I think we were both a bit like oh gosh and when we halted I mean we did a lovely halt and we went straight into a trot half past left we were a bit like oh golly it's big in here so he just got a bit tense and he just sort of cantered slash piaffed it so we got a three for that and the judge was like repeat on the comment because I didn't know that if you messed up a movement in music you can just do it again hence the term freestyle you yeah make it up as you go along I said to Samantha my trainer I'm not confident enough to do that yet I was like it was my yeah. second ever music class I'm not gonna like start winging it I'm just not yeah. ready but yeah I was so so pleased with that so that was amazing so I'm like fully qualified for the year now don't have to go back out and I want to and then it all just went downhill (laughs) so last week unfortunately Terry had a colic episode which sort of lasted on and off for three days which was just so stressful and if anyone out there doesn't know what colic is I mean most people do because it's quite well I know but non-horsey people the term colic is normally referred to babies that yeah are unwell and I'm like they should really have like different names for that because colic in babies is very different to colic in horses yeah like when I was explaining it to my uni friend who was an horsey I was like oh you know like how babies can colic I was like it's sort of well I know but then my cousin who just had a baby her baby had colic for the first few months and her husband had only heard of the term colic through like horses and he went what her guts are twisted and they're gone upside down she's gonna need surgery to like take out part and and we're like no 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 it's not the same but yeah so colic is sort of like twisting of the gut with horses or, or blockage blockage so they're not being able to pass poo easily essentially horses can't be sick so if they get a sore stomach like it, it can only go backwards not forwards yeah and when thing. we mean sick we mean like vomit not just like oh yeah sick. yeah they can't vomit yeah so it's essentially just like a horrendous tummy ache isn't it but it can have yeah. a really i mean it's it can be like life-threatening yeah thankfully terry's was very very mild so in that sense, we were fortunate, but it was just very stressful dealing with it. I mean, I was doing night checks throughout the night to make sure that he was okay. And also it's just really not nice seeing your horse in discomfort like that. Yeah. You know, it's just very stressful, but we caught it very early and we monitored it for the three days and touch wood, he seems to be fine now. And the vets at Scott Dunn Equine Clinic were just absolutely amazing. So they came out super quick and they just sorted it all out for us. But it's just been a bit of a wild ride last week. Yeah, I would say that um, I think in the future we should do like an episode on colic and like obviously we're not professionals, but the things that we do and that the vets have advised us to do in the past. Yeah, like signs to look out for. Because I have to say with Terry, 
Aries at least. I guess because it was very mild when we first brought him in. He wasn't showing the typical signs of like biting sides, kicking tummy, wanting to roll. He was just like head drooped looked really ill so I think it would be good to do an episode on that because it's definitely a spectrum of mild to severe but if people could look out for maybe some of the mild signs yeah that might be and like on the second night when I spoke to the vet on the phone and I told her the things that I'd already done it then made her go okay I do need to come here because you've already checked for like x y and z yeah it's like I'd listened to both sides of his stomach I'd taken him out and walked him and you know really like watched him for like 20 minutes so we'd like assessed him beforehand so that the like oh okay this is serious it was just very stressful very emotionally draining and just so tiring as well and I find that like my body clock now is completely all over the place like I'm going to bed at like 11 but I'm still like wide-eyed and awake because I've been waking up throughout the night I think things like this are more emotionally draining than you kind of realize because the adrenaline keeps you going and then you stop and you're like whoa that was intense yeah and like we had clients over on the weekend so it was very much like you had to keep going yeah and you had to be customer facing so it was sort of like okay yeah you're really stressed just put that away for a minute because you can't be emotional right now and then obviously the clients were gone and like Terry's a bit better now and you're stood there like wow actually I like repressed like quite a lot of that or had to put it on the back burner to be able to keep going and now your body's just like can we actually like can we take a, a minute can we have a come down now yeah, <laughs> yeah. And just but yeah so all in all that was not ideal but that is the reality of owning horses it so. is what about you anyway what's your lame oh, and sound um well the sound was going to the machara pop-up and oh, yeah. my lame was while i was walking terry hand walking him before you got here and it was like 10 o'clock at night it was pitch black and pouring it down with rain and I've said before on this podcast, I have a really bad phobia of frogs, but I was still walking Terry around and I was saying to Terry, I was like, Terry, don't look down, don't look down because it's like peak frog season as well. And at that time I thought, you know, this is friendship. Like, you know. Alrighty then guys, moving back to our usual programming and we're back with the dilemmas. So dilemma number one is quite long. I love the podcast so much and it has inspired me in a number of ways to the point that I'm going to go to my first job interview on Monday, which could lead to working under a Grand Prix rider. Not sure if it's a dilemma, but was wondering on some advice. About six months ago, I bought a new horse. He's 16.3 and five years old and had been backed late, but is very sweet. Due to this, I want to take my time and am working with a lot of professionals to make sure that I give him the education he deserves. I've been talking to pony club parents at competitions I've been volunteering at, and I've been confronted by some who seem to think he's way too much for me to deal with and that I basically shouldn't have bought him, bearing in mind they have never even met him. I don't know whether I should keep almost defending why I bought him or what. It just feels exhausting. I'd also like to say that I do really enjoy pony club, and not all pony club parents are the stereotype. Okay, I never really was in pony club, so that side of it I can't really comment upon. I mean, I was in the pony club. I've been in the pony club literally since I was an absolute teeny tiny tot, but I've never faced anything like that before. Just going away from the pony club for a hot sec. The one thing that um, stands out to me is when they say that they're getting help from a lot of different professionals. Because for me, you don't need to have help from a lot of professionals. You need to have help from like one, maybe two. Because otherwise it's like too many cooks around the fire. Too many... (sighs) Too many chefs around the pot. No. (laughs) (laughs) Too many cooks spoil the broth. 
that's that's the I've phrase. never heard of that one, but that's what I mean. You know, I would suggest that there's a bit too much input coming in. And when you're training a horse, you don't need to try and do it 10 different ways. You need to do it one way so that you don't get confused and the horse doesn't get confused for starters. Note number one. Note number two, I would say the word confront is quite heavy, isn't it? Now, obviously, I don't know the situation. I wasn't there. I didn't see it. But could it just be that they were genuinely concerned for you and were offering their advice? How would you take that? I don't know. I mean, it's very difficult to comment when you're not there and you don't really know the context. But obviously there is a stereotype with Pony Club parents. They can be quite confrontational and quite gossipy but in saying that it's the same with the world over I don't think it's like specifically exclusive to pony club parents but yeah confront is quite a strong word I get what you're saying I think there could be two ways it could be coming from a place of concern but I think she goes on to say they're questioning why I've even bought him or should I've even bought him and they haven't met the horse before so for me like if they've seen her ride him or if they've seen the horse then maybe it's more understandable for them to have an opinion but I find it quite interesting that they're making those sort of remarks when they haven't even seen the horse go yeah yeah that's the bit that makes me go like really so then that is really judging oh so you've bought a young horse should you have bought one yeah can you deal with that it's like well actually you don't know the young horse because you can get some really like super sweet five-year-olds or four-year-olds yeah And also, I know there's a lot of people that are like, oh, no, you shouldn't start a young horse. But, you know, you always have to, like, start with one. Once you've done one, then you can do two type thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think as well, especially with the horse market these days, I think more and more people are being pushed to have to buy young horses because that's all they can afford. So that's another aspect of it. But then in the next breath, maybe the fact that you've used the word confront is that it has touched on a bit of a sore spot and you do kind of know this already. And maybe you are slightly overhorsed, in which case maybe the horse needs to go to a professional for a bit and then come back to you. And also there's no shame in that. Like, absolutely none. You know, we're professionals and we send our horses off different places because sometimes we're like, do you know what? That horse needs X, Y and Z that we can't provide for it. So horse needs to go off there and do that. I was speaking to another professional dressage rider and it was with the Young Professionals Programme. We went for like a yard visit and even he was saying he was like, oh, yeah, so I sent this horse away um, for some groundwork because I don't know what I'm doing. And I found that really refreshing because I was like, it's nice for someone actually to admit that even though you're a professional, you're not a professional and absolutely everything to do with horses. But I think professionals know that and more of the amateur side of it don't. They think like, no, I have to do it myself. They try and be like a jack of all trades. Yeah, yeah. And you, you can't be, you know, you need to know what you're good at. Or if you don't know what you're good at yet, then yeah you do need help from other people I think for me again we don't know the context but I feel as though from my perspective of the parents the way they maybe have gone about it isn't the right way in that how is questioning whether someone has bought a horse how is that constructive is what I'm trying to say yeah it's not like helping no because it's sort of like well she's bought the horse now so you saying that is not going to do anything helpful. It's not going to change the situation other than upset the person and create perhaps even more self-doubt that they already have. So whether they've confronted her or not, it's a bit like, I think if they're concerned, they should have approached it in a better way and in a more grown-up manner. Oh yeah, 100%. Like maybe advice rather than, why have you bought him? 
yeah that's like sort of my viewpoint yeah i would say you've got two options i mean you've got loads of options but these are my two options to give you one ignore them and believe in yourself and your horse that you'll prove them wrong which i know is a hard thing to say if you're like facing difficulties or whatnot but just go with it and believe in yourself i think the age gap is hard as well the fact that you're younger and these are parents that are older than you there's that sort of like superiority complex of like i'm the adult so i know more and that's going to make her feel a bit inferior i feel like yeah so maybe just don't talk to them just ignore them (laughs) (laughs) and then i would say your second option is to either send the horse away so then these people can stop saying that and i know like finance and everything comes into that or i don't know if it is a genuine problem and you are genuinely overhorsed or overfaced then it's not admitting defeat because i don't like that phrase but kind of being like do you know what actually i've tried this yes it is a little bit too much for me i don't want to get rid of the horse but i need more help and just kind of like being upfront and open about it yeah i think try not to take it personally as hard as that may sound because i think obviously you get the odd person who wants to be a bit nasty and a bit gossipy and for whatever reason they've got a motive to almost want to make people feel bad I don't know or even jealousy and things like that but they're the minority I feel like I do think the majority will have your best interests at heart especially when you've said that you've you know you do really love the pony club so you're obviously quite like a active member within that organization but yeah if it was me I would probably be very emotionally removed and practical about it I would be like I hear where you're coming from I've only had him for six months we're still getting to know each other and even just say what you said to us I'm seeking advice from professionals I'm doing the best I can is there anything you suggest is there any advice you have and actually put the ball in their court and be like oh well what do you think I should do yeah just lay down the facts and I think we've said this in the past you need to take emotion out of it and I think this is like life in every sphere is that people will judge you and people will have their own opinions and the only thing that you can change is how you take that on board or whether you choose to take it on board whether you ignore it you know because you can't change what people are going to say but you can change how you react to it yeah and I think as well talk to them as though they're your employer like your boss or even like a teacher at school and just be professional about it and like we said just cut emotions out and just be honest open but I do recommend putting the ball in their court and being like oh like well what do you suggest I think that might sort of make them take a bit of a step back because I think people are very good at giving the talk you know and complaining and being like oh I can't believe she's bought this or what's she doing riding at this level and then if you're actually like oh well what do you suggest then they're a bit like oh well I don't know so why are you commenting then yeah and just remember if you don't have anything nice to say don't say anything at all yeah so best of luck with it i hope our advice will help you and i hope your job interview went well as well yeah good luck with it all it's nice to like hear listeners i don't know being inspired by like what we say I know because we it's nice and also a bit scary because I'm a bit like oh god I hope it goes well (laughs) I'm like people are listening (laughs) so stemming back to Terry's unfortunate colic episode last week me and Joanna got thinking of what we see as being yard essentials so that's what we're going to talk about and I'm going to kick start it with I think a good yard essential that not everyone might have are nappies and when I say nappies obviously not to put on newborn babies (laughs) we don't have a lot of those (laughs) just hanging about (laughs) but for poulticing 
So nappies are absolutely vital because with poulticing, you put some animal insects on, you put the nappy on, which almost acts like a boot. Like it's so easy just to like slip it on like a little sock. Also, wild how similar the shape of a horse's foot is to a baby's bottom. I know. It's really (laughs) weird. (laughs) The things you learn in equestrian. But it just slips straight on and then you just vet wrap and then duct tape and it's done but it's just also, so much easier i might just add a poultice with horses is when they have an abscess in the foot or like a bruise yeah we're not wanting. just putting it somewhere random yeah <laughs> a funny story we had a 15 year old boy he had his horse on the yard over the summer and his horse had an abscess and luckily because it's one of our essentials we had nappies on the yard and he used quite a few of our nappies so he needed to replace them and his mum sent him to like the local shop to go and buy some. And I don't know what she said to him. But anyway, he came back with like 74 nappies. I think she'd asked him to get like, you know, four. And he came back with 74 because he brought four packets of nappies <laughs> that each had like 21 in them or something silly. To be honest, though, not a bad thing. We literally have a drawer stacked full of nappies. Yeah, and we actually have like a designated drawer for pulsing, it feels like. It, where it's it got, says like, nappies on the yeah. label. But yeah, that's one of the essentials. Another one, Epsom salts. Oh uh, yeah, that was very useful, especially when Terry was colicking because something the vet actually flushes through their nose straight into their stomach is electrolytes and Epsom salts. So then that meant that once Terry had those fluids, I could also keep giving him Epsom salts in his feed as well. Yeah, because I was like, oh, okay, because, you know, Epsom salts are recommended when you've done strenuous exercise or something to put in the bath. But apparently in horses, they work as a laxative. Really? Yeah, the more you know. I don't know if they work like that for us. I'm not actually going to test that out either. No. Let's not go down that road. Oh, um, another one, farrier tools. Yes. We've had to pull off a number of shoes ourselves, haven't we? That's yeah, slipped. and that is something that you can't do with your bare hands. And also something that I would suggest is asking your farrier if they can show you how to pull a shoe off properly. Because, I mean, also we don't do it properly, but I've asked the farrier multiple times to show me how to do that. Because it's like, there's a knack to like how you pull the nails out and whatnot. It's hard work. God, I can never be a farrier. No, I mean, you're lucky if I can pick feet out. Sometimes it's a stretch. I get out of breath in the autumn and the winter (laughs) picking feet out. (laughs) Another one as well is petrol. (laughs) Make sure that your lorry has enough petrol in it. (laughs) Because if you want Or diesel, whatever you've got. Yeah, whatever. Whatever you need to put in your lorry to make it go, make sure it's got enough (laughs) of it in it. Because if you have to take your horse to the vets for an emergency you don't want to be driving and thinking oh whoops i'm just going to stop off at the petrol station to fill up yeah well my horse is colicking in the back uh, and i've got no. like 10 minutes to get it to the vet yeah yeah no nightmare. not happening so that's another good one butte yeah butte and danlon painkillers you know every household i'm sure will stock ibuprofen or paracetamol so i don't see why every yard shouldn't stock the horse equivalent yeah you know little sachets of butte everywhere that's good <laughs> Just a little pick-me-up throughout the day. (laughs) I don't know if I can think of any more, actually. No. Off the top of my head. But no, if anyone has any other yard essentials that they deem as being essential, then please do let us know and we will drop them in next week's episode. Yeah, what drop? Okay, Evie, as this coming week is Halloween week, (laughs) <laughs> stop blinking if your horse was dressing up as a halloween costume 
that they found scary what would they dress up as oh they found scary yeah oh i initially just thought pumpkin (laughs) scary (laughs) no as you were asking me when you were like what would your horse want to dress i literally was like pumpkin straight away because terry looks like a pumpkin he's round and orange Uh, I don't know why I sounded so dumb when I said that. (laughs) It's been a long week, I'm really sorry. (laughs) That you find scary? I don't know, a puddle of water? Yeah, like a muddy puddle. (laughs) I don't know, a plastic bag flapping in the wind? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. If um if it was Simba, he'd dress up as the judge at sea. <laughs> he doesn't like going towards. That should be them. that should be a, like a trend, shouldn't it? Online, like dress a, up as a judge. <laughs> dress up as like what your horse is scared of for Halloween. Yeah, Terry would probably dress up as like a stallion or something. Just scared of them. Yeah, I think he is actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, plastic bags, good one. Muddy puddle. Every horse is scared of a muddy puddle. A shadow. Oh, goodness, that is frightening. If I was dressing up as something that I find frightening... A frog? No. The vet bill? Oh, That is scary. A frog with a vet bill. Oh, God. (laughs) A frog dresses a vet. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not scared of the vet themselves. (laughs) It's just the the bill at the end. Yeah, the vet uh, bill is frightening. We were going to do that, weren't we, this year? We said about that. What, dressing up as the vet bill? It was when we were stood with Terry, actually, in the middle of the night with the vet. We were like, oh, I think, did you say you would go as the bill and I'd go as the vet? I can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Really not Uh, like a good timing conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. But my question to you, the listeners, is what would your horse dress up for as Halloween? Alrighty then, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of That's Lame. I feel like we're back to our usual programming. Yes. It feels comforting, doesn't it? Yeah, it's nice. It's yeah. nice to have a little catch-up. Yeah. It's not like we don't see each other every day. <laughs> <laughs> no. And, like, experience everything together. Like, yeah. <laughs> the pop-up shop, we were there together. I know. Kerry Colicking, we were there together. Sometimes we have uh, clients come on the yard and they listen to the podcast and then they're with us all day and they're like, gosh, it's like listening to the live version of the podcast. And we're like, yes, no, this is genuinely just what we chat about all if day. If we ever long. get big enough, we could do live shows. You know, have you seen other podcasts do that? They do, like, a live show. Have you seen them? Oh, yeah, but I'm... I don't get what actually happens there no also we've been through this we've got face for radio <laughs> but not what for TV. actually happens i've got absolutely no idea neither do i no that's not they look like good fun though maybe we could go to your horse live and do a podcast live oh that you know there's only so much no Aim we'll, big. Miss it. we'll miss it every year <laughs> oh, we won't yeah. remember <laughs> we won't remember it's coming up <laughs> so <laughs> all then guys thank you so much for listening to this episode of that's lame and we will see you next time love you bye, bye.